Security debt, which is defined as aging and accumulating flaws in software, is a lot like credit card debt. You can throw money at the balance, but if you don't stop spending, you're never going to actually get out of debt. So too is software security debt. You can scan and say you did, but unless you're going to do so regularly and then take action on what you find, your security debt is going to stay the same or even get worse. Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild, Content Director with IDG. In this episode of A Hard Look at Software Security, we'll continue our conversation on software scanning with a focus on the accumulating security debt and applications caused by persistent flaws in long-term timeframes. I'm joined by Chris Weisopel, Chief Technology Officer with Veracode. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Joan. Now, the data finds there's five times less security debt in organizations that scan their code more than 300 times per year. Can we talk about that first? Yes, definitely. That was one of the more interesting findings we we had with our latest uh, state of software security report, because we, we took a deep dive on remediation and, and how long it takes to fix things. And out of that research, we, we looked at you know, what what findings are there that are then deferred over time. And so when we started to break down the different different organizations or different application teams and, and how often they scanned, we started to see a, a huge difference between the organizations that scanned, you know, one, two, three, four times a year, you know, someone probably doing waterfall or some sort of compliance scanning and organizations that were scanning on a on a daily basis which we rated at we 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 specified at 300 plus times a year and we looked at you know each time they scan have they fixed things from uh, a previous scan and then also what are the new things that are found and then what are what are the things that have been deferred this is just a decision not to fix them and and what we found was the longer it takes between scan periods, the more likely it is that vulnerabilities just get deferred and there's a decision not, not to fix them. And what happens is over time, it just starts to build up into, into literally a mountain of vulnerabilities, or maybe it's an iceberg if the, if the fixes are on top and the, and, the, and, the, and the deferred are on the bottom. So you see this activity of fixing, but you have this really growing mountain of debt and we found that the average application that scanned just a few times a year has somewhere around 250 to 300 flaws that are known about that are not fixed at any point in time. And the apps that are scanned on a daily basis, it's more around 50 to 75 vulnerabilities. So this is where we get the 5x difference. And it really shows that rapid scan activity leads to a better outcome when it comes to fixing security vulnerabilities. And, you know, people might say, well, there's, you know, it's correlation, but is it causation? And you have to start to look at what does rapid scanning do when you are thinking about, are you going to fix a flaw or not? And really what it does is it finds the flaw much closer to the time when that flaw was introduced, you know, maybe within a day. And it turns out that small amounts of work fixing flaws is a lot easier to tackle than, you know, waiting 
you know, four months and then just getting a mountain of flaws that you have to tackle all at once. So it shows that process matters a lot. This is the same exact testing tool, same types of developers across the same organizations, but the, the teams that are scanning more rapidly are just finding it easier to fix flaws. But you also found it's not just the cadence of the scanning, but the pattern. What did you find there? Yeah, that was one of the even more interesting findings because, you know, if you just look at sort of averages, say a team, there could be one team that scans, you know, every two days. And then there could be a team that every six months scans a few times a day for a month period, Right. So that's the difference in just looking at how, what's the average time, number of times they scan versus is it a steady uh, cadence of scanning or is it bursty? And we found that even though bursty scanning might be happening just as often if you average over a long period of time, it's the pattern that makes a difference. And the steady scanning kept the security debt down, whereas the bursty scanning allowed it to balloon up again, when, once you started to look out over six, seven, eight, nine months, we saw that the security debt pretty much doubled, even though the team you know, might be scanning just as often. And I think that shows a pattern of just thinking about security in the you know, week or two before you're going to release. And so if you're releasing four times a year, you're doing a lot of heavy scanning and fixing over a week or two period, but then time is up, right? And you're forced to release your software and leave whatever, you know, wasn't at the highest priority, leave that security debt. And the problem is that never gets looked at again. It just sits around. Whereas the teams that are scanning on a daily basis on, are on a daily basis saying, is this something we need to fix? Is this a high enough priority? And that leads to, leads to a better outcome. So it isn't just the number of times you scanned, it's really the pattern and how you've built it into your process. A reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Vericode, which delivers the application security solutions and services today's software-driven world requires. Chris, in our introduction, we talked about security debt, much like credit card debt, will remain the same or worsen if you don't stop spending, even if you're paying some of your balance monthly. This compares to the correlation versus causation and scanning. Can you explain that? Yeah, I think that it's, uh, you know, we're using the same scanning technology, but it, it just talks about the process and usage of, of that technology and making security testing and security fixing a habitual part of software development and building it into your process. So teams that are scanning daily and on a regular basis, it's highly, highly likely that that isn't a manual process. Once you get to that intense of activity, teams want to automate it. So they're using the APIs, they're taking the findings and they're putting them into their defect tracking system. They're making it part of their normal, normal workflow. And once it becomes part of the normal workflow, you don't get scrambling to do things at the last minute. You don't get extraordinary trade-offs between you know, time to release and you know, what's, what's the security risk we want to do. It becomes part of the regular way that you think about building the software. And if you think about you know, credit card debt, it's the same kind of thing. If you get into the habit 
of paying off your, uh, your, your credit card bill on a monthly basis, it won't balloon up. And sometimes you might have to say, hey, I've spent so much so far this month, I'm going to push off this, you know, buying this, this item until next month because I know I won't be able to pay my bill on time. So it, if, you, if you change your process to pay your bill on a monthly basis, you get into different financial habits and you end up with a much better uh, outcome. And I think the same can be said for the habits that go into building software. You're really saying, you know what, we can't rush this feature here because it's going to require manual pen testing or it's going to require this. And you just get into better planning habits around doing security as part of the development process. Now, some might argue that maybe much of an organization's security debt is low or medium severity or exploitability. So how do we know if security debt is meaningful? Yeah, so we actually um, took, took, took a look at that, and it turned out that it did span lots of categories that you know, you would normally say, hey, that's, that's a serious vulnerability, like that, like cross-site scripting. It's something that is frequently exploited. Um, it's in the OWASP top 10. So we, we looked across different categories, and we actually found that, you know, we broke things down into categories by median time to repair. So how often was it fixed? And, you know, what, what's the percentage of likelihood that it actually was fixed. And we, 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 we put things into a neglected category if it, was, if, it, if it wasn't that likely to be fixed and it took a long time to be fixed. And, and some issues like cross-site scripting, which is in the OS top 10, I think everyone would prioritize that as something serious, was only fixed 57% of the time. So 43% of the time, organizations weren't fixing it. SQL injection, another, another serious uh, issue, was only fixed uh, 65% of the time. So a very serious issue is not being fixed 35% of the time. So I think it went to show that even these serious um, flaws are getting deferred by our organizations and not getting fixed. And we actually didn't see a tight correlation between time to fix and severity. It was actually pretty weak. We, we saw that medium severity flaws actually got fixed faster than high severity flaws, which seemed a little strange. But we did see the correlation between scan cadence and scan pattern. That, that correlation was much stronger. So it, 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 it really tells me that it's, prioritization isn't going to get us to where we want with secure software. We need, we need to have practices that um, are built into the software process. That, that's really the most important driver to building secure software. So what are some best practices you suggest for making this part of the process in an organization? So a, a really important practice is, is, to, is to get the security team and the development organization breaking down their silos and going to each other's meetings and, and building relationships across the different layers of management and, and talking to each other about goals and accountability and, and, and process. So you really have to start it really helps to start at the executive level, but at different levels of the organization, you really have to start to break down 
those silos. And, and, and really what you're driving towards is the development team taking accountability for shipping secure software and the security team taking accountability for not delaying releases of software. Because oftentimes, if you have siloed goals, all the security team cares about is risk, and all the development team cares about is, is uh, functionality on time. And so you got to break down and have shared goals across that. And then it will start to seem obvious that the development team has to start doing the security testing as part of their process and have more knowledge embedded in their group so we're not switching from team to team and doing these handoffs back and forth, which are inefficient and really just slow everything down and, and, and no one likes that. So this is where the, the DevOps process that a lot of organizations are shifting to is the perfect time as you're shifting to a new development process, you're using new tools, you're optimizing your process, you're training people around that to embed security into that. And this is why we like to call it DevSecOps, because you're thinking about embedding security into the development process, just like in the past with Agile, teams embedded quality uh, assurance into the development process, and the DevOps movement is embedding operational capability into that process. DevSecOps is building security in there, and it really makes it a tangible change in the way that software is being built, the tools, and the process. And, and that's a great outcome to get to. But I think really the, the first start is just breaking down those barriers and getting the security team and the, and, the, and the development team to both work together to produce secure software on time. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Chris Weisopel for joining us. Thanks, everyone. It was great being here. And please visit Vericode.com for more information about scanning frequency and its impact on security debt. For IDG and Vericode, I'm Joan Goodchild. Reminder that you can find more episodes of A Hard Look at Software Security in the podcast section of CSO Online, also available through the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with its sponsor, Vericode.